passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. The Fan on 1019 FM and the Odyssey app. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, oh hi there. If I'm talking first, that means uh, Jerry's not here. Jerry is in Indiana? Iowa? I think Indiana, yeah, Eddie? Indianapolis. Indianapolis oh, close, yeah. for the Big Ten tournament. Uh, CeeLo's in Disney World. Is uh, he? Yeah. I oh, did not yeah. know that. Oh, yeah. CeeLo's in Disney World with his uh, kids. Uh, so Sal Akata joins me on the warm-up show. This is a, an honor. You know, I listen to the show every day that I drive is home. Is that true? Yes, it is true. Uh, you guys make would, me laugh. I so. would think you'd be sick of uh, sports and radio and just people talking. But you guys you don't necessarily hit about, uh, you know, the, the sports in a traditional fashion, right. at least, the stuff that you get to. I don't know. There's something about it that I, you're a quirky personality, which I enjoy, and I, I love Jerry. So it's a quick, easy hour on the way home. Jerry and I have a good chemistry, I think. <laughs> yes. And I hear you from a four to five. Uh, normally, by that time of the night, you've had it. Yeah. Right? Because you're doing five hours every night, and by that four to five, you've had it with people. Um, Sometimes that is the case, yes. Now, Again, I like callers because it helps me get through the show. I can't just, nor do I want to just sit there by myself and talk to myself for five hours. But at four o'clock, it depends on the mood. If the show's going well, I'm feeling pretty good. If the show was going bad and it's been a struggle, maybe I'm a little annoyed. And if somebody calls and says the wrong thing, then I go off. Now, do you like having this? Now, I know the overnight's different because the similar people call all the time because there's only a certain amount of people in the middle of the night that want to make phone calls. Right. Do you like having those regular people? or is I it- do because I do think it, for me, it helps feel like it's, I don't know, you're, you're building sort of a community kind of. You could rely on those regulars. You know, I know that. Now, does it get stale at times? Potentially, sure. But remember, too, 
you know, I'm going through a lot of clothes. Not like, even if I take them a little bit longer, I'm still going through a lot to the point where I don't remember everybody. So the few that call the majority of the time, I don't know, it becomes like a, a friendly conversation about sports that you would have with, with anybody else. I've had enough of Robin Lake's success. <laughs> I hate, what is, what's the deal with him? And some Hector and Washington Heights. Yeah, I don't know what that you. punk's problem is with yeah. me. But uh, Robin Lake's yeah. success tried to get me fired when I first got here. Did he really? He was writing letters to the management because I because I wouldn't let him on every day because he had nothing to say, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, Kim, I'm not putting you on every day." Right. And uh, yeah, he used to. Well, he would write letters to Craig to try to get me fired, and Craig would show me the one thing. So he's banned. The one thing Rob um, does that I, I try to tell him he's he's trying to make like there's no difference from what the host is doing. And what the caller is doing. And I try to explain, yeah, we're all talking about sports, and that's great. And I love having the callers. But don't think that it's as easy as you think it is to come sit here and be on this side of things. But I have never had an issue with Rob. I think he's, hey, he could be wacky and go on. But, you know, I try to have some fun with it. That was the greatest part about Remember when we ran that contest a number of years ago, Fantasy Phenom? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it was all, <laughs> it was great because it was all the... A lot of times it was the callers or people who thought that this was easy to do because the people who are good at it make it sound easy to do. Right. And they would get up there in the middle of like a shopping mall and to do their their take on something. And they had two minutes. And it'd be funny, like 40 seconds in, them realizing, I don't have two minutes. Oh, that's great. And then you were sitting there for five hours. Do you think five hours is too long? Yes, I do. 100%. Solo. Yeah. And Al, remember, and I'm not complaining, and, you know, I don't want to even get into the, oh, woe is me stuff. Like, I love the job. I get yeah. it. But just keep this in mind. It's five hours. There are very few commercials in most of the hour. Legitimately, there are some times where there's, like, three minutes total. That means I don't have time to go to the bathroom. If Flea's like, oh, there's 90 seconds. I'm like, what, you mean like what, for the break, 90 seconds? Play a promo. Do something. And there are no updates at 20 and 40. And the ones at the top of the hour have been shortened. So it used to be, okay, I'll break at 18, two minutes into the update. The update's probably two, two and a half minutes. Maybe do a couple minutes out. Here we go. I'm already cl- getting closer to the 40 where would be the next break. Now it's like there are no breaks into the update. There is no update. You do a minute, maybe two minutes, and you're back, and you go again for another 20 minutes. So fewer callers, fewer spots, no updates, five hours. Yeah, that's a long freaking show for one person, yes. I feel like the four-hour shows with two people are too long. <laughs> Seriously, like I would chop all the shows down to two hours. Two might be a little short. Two hours, yeah. I'll give you my reference point from doing middays solo for about a month. Four four hours was a good amount of time. Maybe three would be okay, especially solo, but four hours was a good amount of time. When you factor in all the commercials, I mean, if you have all those commercials and you have a co-host and you only have four hours, I mean, I guess you would say maybe three hours is a sweet spot, but I, I, I think two would be too few. Uh, I, was, I gave this idea to Spike. He goes, well, we'd have to cut everybody's pay in half. I go, yeah, let's do it. From what? Half from what? Well, I mean, from whatever I they're making. Yeah, well, I know, but... Al, some of us, I mean, so right, you'd have double the hosts. And yeah, double the other. hosts. Everyone gets two hours. You know, that'd be like baseball. You're watering down the talent now. You got pitchers who don't belong in the big leagues. Right. You have too many hosts that can't probably cut it. Maybe. Don't you think? I don't know. You, you think we could find another oh, 10 hosts or however many it would be to fill those hours? I hear uh, it's like 10 different people on in the overnight sometimes when you're not on. Does that mean that it's good, though? No, but yeah. they could fill the hours. I could, like, Fleegs, for example. Yeah. How does he do five hours? He doesn't have any 
Um, Good question. He doesn't have the experience. Great point. Like, I legitimately, you know, not by choice, of course, you just have to, you do it. You want to be in radio, you learn. When I went to OR, I learned how to become a better talk show host because I was at a station that didn't really get sports talk calls. So for three hours, I'd figure out how to make it work. And then you learn to become a better host. I did that for five years. Some of the guys who were on the overnight that, you know, when Spike came in and took over and just were, were giving people shows here, this is maybe their first or second time yes. doing it. So you're right. That is a, a whole five hours when you're not doing, when you haven't done it for that long. What is your, I feel like I'm interviewing you, but I had yeah. a lot of questions and we'll do baseball for sure. Cause <laughs> I got a lot of problems with them. What is your, sh- when you walk in to do five hours, what do you have in front of you other than the internet? Um, which I don't even use that much. You're not an internet guy? No. I mean, I'd use it occasionally if I, you know, have up the box score from a game or if I need to look up some stats that somebody references or something, I'll look but, it up. But I don't think it's like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even have time anymore with the lack of breaks to, oh, oh crap, nobody's calling. What am I going to do for a different segment here? So I don't use, like, I don't have a bunch of show notes. I'll have, what I do is during the week or during the weekend now. I have a show, show, stuff for show notes thing on my phone. Something pops in my head. It could be invitations for my daughter's first birthday with my wife. Boom, what, into the notes. I write it in the notes. And then by, you know, let's just say that I started today because this week is over, so I've exhausted all the topics. You know, and then obviously sports things happen. Oh, Freddie Freeman signed or this guy signed. I'll have a nice list going into Monday. The stuff that's topical and timely, you get that off there. Maybe some things you didn't get to and you keep it on the next thing. That's basically my outline. I don't have it structured to where I'm going to do this at this hour or this at that hour. You never know where the night's going to take. And I feel like those are the best particular shows. So it's not like I have a bunch of research. I'll maybe have a few topics that I want to hit. I'll re-hit them if I have to. And maybe some outside-the-box type things that I get to. Yeah, I had an idea for a digital Tom Izzo to do uh <laughs> Dude, you're great with the sound effect. Yesterday I heard you do a dice thing. You do the you do like an Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, or oh, oh, did, yeah, that. yeah, that one. I yeah, love yeah. that one. That's, and then obviously the the beating up people sound effect. <laughs> yeah, you, you you should be doing this for a living. Well, that's the only sound effect I know. Oh, okay. Well, the dice thing. And what's the Sue from? What is that that's from? That's from Ron and Fez really long time oh, ago. Oh, okay. I never knew that. At the end of the show, we used to just, everyone, callers, legitimately the last 20 minutes of the show was just people calling up going, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what was I saying? Where was I? Um, Damn it. Oh, sh- oh, show prep. And I, so I had an idea for a digital. Oh. I wanted to Tom Izzo to show what everybody has in front of them during a show. I like that. I bet you'd be different for everyone. But what he said to me goes, what if they have nothing in front of them? Which you've got a couple notes on your phone. I never see anything in front of Geo. Right. Boomer's got like a Sharpie, one piece of paper with a couple Sharpie things on it. Working with Craig all those years, he used to have like the corner of a notebook that had like three words on it. Right. That's so weird to me that like I've got in front of me now all of these different potential things but that's because i haven't been doing this long enough as far as sitting in front of the microphone but i just i wonder how people like you that's so comforting to me to look down on this and see things right versus not having anything in front of me it's a great question i think to each his own i mean the the best comparison to me mike and chris they would never you know it, it wasn't like they were sitting there preparing for the show they prepared by watching the games knowing the stuff they, you know, two minutes before the, the show, all right, what are we leading with today? And they each know, you know, that each other could handle it. Summers used to write his monologue. And I always used to say that, like, 
what Steve did. I could never do that. Like, he is brilliant to be able to write an entire monologue, basically time it out, then read it, perform it on the air. Like, that's brilliant to me. I think anybody could just go on the air. Maybe not anybody, but I, I feel like that because I could do it. Hey, anybody could go on the air and talk. But I personally feel like the best stuff, at least for me, is not having anything prepared and just trusting yourself. When I first started doing TV, I would get caught up in like, okay, because you knew the topics that were going to be scheduled ahead of time. So then I'd be like, okay, well, I got to remember this number and that number. And I thought the more that I wrote down and tried to remember, the worse it was. Just trust yourself. You'll know it. So I think that everybody's got a different style. I personally think the the less, not less preparation, but the, the least you think or the less you think about notes and what you're going to say and what you have to remember, the better you are. Yeah. Sometimes I think, you know, people always say, oh, the best stuff comes from just off the top of your head. Mm. But there's a lot of days where if that's what you're relying on, it doesn't, nothing pays, something doesn't pay off. That's why you have to, and I've learned that as well. I'll I'll tell you, during the pandemic, it just completely changed. There were some times I'd come in here and do like a 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. show or an overnight show filling in. I wouldn't, like, seconds before the on-air music was hitting, Sal, look at it. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to talk about? And then, boom, you just go. But during the pandemic, all that changed because then it, it sports didn't weren't normal anymore. It started, like, oh, my God, like, there isn't baseball to talk about or there's not this to react to or, it, you know, there was, there was a more structure to the shows that I was doing because I had to be more prepared. I couldn't just go off the top of my head and rely on the calls and try to make it entertaining. I needed to be more prepared. So I do think that, you know, you try to get through a show. Like, that's why now I have those notes make sure, okay, well, I got nothing here. Let me try to change it up a little bit. What can I go to that's on my list of topics? Yeah. Well, I'm looking at my show sheet for today, and here's what I have. I have some (laughs) baseball that we're going to be discussing. I've got a little basketball. I have some football. Okay. All the classics. Yeah. (laughs) I have uh, announcing. No hockey. No hockey. Okay. How about announcing now, like be, being like the big free agents are announcers? Insane. I don't know if we'll ever see this again. Yeah. You just because you just, Romo got the big contract and everybody's like, well, if he's getting that, I better get mine. Right? Yeah. And now Jay Cutler wants back in. Yeah. yeah. Who wouldn't? Yeah. I'd want back in too. Everyone's getting $50 million. Right. And how about the idea that they could poach like Sean McVay, for example, who's an active, young, successful yeah. coach. He's going to leave coaching because broadcasting is a safer landing spot and it's maybe more lucrative. That's insane that we've gotten to that level. Yeah, I don't like that. Like, I don't like when, like, I think it happened with Gruden first. Mm. Like, you take a you take a coach, like the fact that Rex Ryan is not coaching because he's, that sucks. Right. There's very few coaches with personalities. And I don't like when they go from that to broadcasting because, like I said, they get more money and there's no there's no pressure. They're not working 24 hours a day. You you want them to have more pressure and work 24 well, hours a day as I opposed think, to? I think, I think it's good for the NFL to have guys with personalities, Agreed. right? Coaches yeah. and young younger guys with personalities, coaches. Let them do broadcasting after. Or don't pay them as much. Well, that's my question. And I'm not trying to you know take away from Romo's salary or anybody else for that matter. If you could get it, get it. But... If CBS in this case, or whoever, whatever network for whatever analyst, if they go to that analyst and say, "Well, I'm not giving you 17 million a buck, you know, 17 million bucks a year," like these guys, and I guess the argument for Romo would be, "Well, he'll get it at ESPN or whatever." But I mean, if these guys want these jobs, ultimately, not everybody can be making almost 20 million a year, and nor should they. They're not worth that. There's no freaking way that they're worth that. 
You're telling me they're going to walk away from $5 million right. a year for doing nothing, essentially? I mean, well, come on. I don't get how it gets to that level. You know, and that's why you want owners want a salary cap or you know, players don't because you could have just one owner that's going to say, yeah, I'm going to give this guy 10 years, $300 bucks. That's how it gets so crazy. So in this particular case, there is no salary cap. If ESPN wants them, if Fox wants them, if CBS wants them, that's how everything shoots up. And now look what's happening. You have Aikman leaving for more money and maybe some of the others as well following. It's crazy. Gio makes a great point about Boomer's career. Like he missed the huge quarterback money by a few years. You know, the guy was an MVP. Yeah. Now he's missing the huge broadcast <laughs> football analyst money. <laughs> just by, I mean, just by a few years. That's a good point. Let's take a break here, Sal. When we come back, baseball is back, and uh, I'm not happy about it. I'm not interested in baseball being back. And oh, I, I heard a, you yesterday, right? What do you want, like 120 games or 100 Something games? Uh, yeah. less than that. Uh, <laughs> so I have a problem with the way baseball is doing things when they come back. And then uh, uh, Gio and Sal at the top, 6 yes, o'clock. we've never all done right. that before. This is a new day for me. Now I can say that I've done all the shows, the warm-up show. And right. then with Gio, I haven't hosted a show with him. That's so. uh, strange you haven't hosted with Gio in all these years. Well, I mean, we used to go back to Chernoff and Spitz many years ago in yeah. Astoria and ask if we could do stuff for free on the website just to do <laughs> and like mm, website with that. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. We've been friends for a while, so it'll be fun to Good. do a show with them. Uh, we heard you guys room together in Queens. Yeah, one year. That was a while. Oh, just year. one year. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, Eddie, take it away. We'll be back with baseball on the other side. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Oh, hi. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al. I'm working with Sal. Alan Sal. Alan Sal warm-up show this morning. And we're, we're both bald. Both bald. It's a lot of bald guys here now. I noticed that. BT, Carton, you, myself. Tiki, Tiki right? Yeah. There's a bald person in uh, the major day parts. Right, I well, guess so. Then you're the over, I mean, listen, the, the only Keith McPherson's not bald. And good for Keith. Good for him. He's got a yeah. nice head of hair. Yeah, I know. I'm envious of that. When but, did you start, like, shaving your head? Do you remember? Well... I know I started going bald at 27 is when I felt yeah. it. And and it was really, I was using clippers to uh, do my hair. And then one day Craig came in the office. He's like, dude, just shave it off. Hey, so both you and him use the actual razors and yeah. cre- shaving cream? Yeah. Yeah, I don't do that. What I've do never you do? done that. Uh, well, uh, we had discussed this, remember, a while back. But I used the. Oh, the skull shaver. Yeah. And I used to use before that a buzzer that would get, or I'd have, I'd go to the barber and he'd get one of those things that was great. It got it even closer than like. But it became expensive, even closer than a regular shave. But now I use the um, the skull shaver, and I have no issues with it. It's pretty quick. It's easy maintenance. And, you know, now the issue is I have to, I probably should be doing it every other day, at the very least, you know, after a, a couple of days. Uh, but other than that, I have no issues with it. I got stuck. Like, I was looking at that skull shaver because you, you actually, yeah, yeah you were telling I don't know me why about you didn't, what we were talking about, maybe trying to get it, uh, you know. get a free one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, here's the thing. I looked, as soon as I see one bad review for a product, I'm out. And I saw one or two bad reviews. I was like, all right, I'm out. I, I know, but this. if I'm telling you that I... know, I, I don't I don't know why. I, I get that. And uh, what, 
you know, it is one bad review, whether you're looking at whatever, a restaurant or buying yes. something, you know, for the baby. I know my wife goes over that stuff. Oh, well, this said this about that. All right, on to the next one. <laughs> one bad review can blow up the whole thing, but I do. I mean, look, it's not the greatest thing ever, but for me, oh, my, it's a, like. it's been a life changer, yeah. Yeah, because you look like you got a nice uh, a slick head. And this is day, I think, two or three. So it's usually the light helps take some of the – because, you know, once it starts growing back in, it looks awful. Terrible. You can't – and that's the one thing everybody's like, oh, like growing up. And I'd say around like maybe in my late 20s, I started like shaving my head. And you could tell I always had a bad hairline, so then I would shave it a little closer and a little closer. But it's been like this forever. But people would always say, oh, you don't have to worry about your hair in the morning. And I, No, it's the complete opposite. I have to maintain it way more than somebody that has hair. This, every day this takes maintenance. I hate it. Yeah. It's like at least every other day or every third day you're right. shaving your head. Yeah. Sucks. Uh, so baseball has returned yesterday. I don't like this idea that I feel like we're now kissing baseball's ass. Well, who's kissing? Like I just heard a promo. Baseball's back. Like we're supposed to now embrace baseball who treated us like a bunch of jerks. And now it's like, oh, oh, thank you, base, thank you for coming back, baseball. Right, Get I lost. I agree with part of that. Um, Those my, people die. My, baseball <laughs> audience will die. <laughs> my problem is, and I, I've said this on the air, the fan in me agrees with what you're saying. Yeah. Like I don't tolerate disrespect in any walk of life. They are disrespecting us flat out. Yes. So that's where the part of me says, you spit in our face, I'm spitting back. Screw you. However, I, I I need it. I need baseball to talk about. Without it, I would be screwed. You talk about getting through five hours. What the <laughs> hell am I going to talk about without the Mets and Yankees? So, and, and by the way, they, you know you can't do sports talk without sports. So uh, baseball That's is true. a major. So we we need it for what we do. So I'm I'm kind of torn, but I do understand with what you're saying. I'm more look. I'm excited it's back and I'll be in the season. I'm more relieved because the longer those things go. Everybody gets hurt that's in the industry. And you start, we've already got hurt with the pandemic. So that's where I was thinking, you know, bottom line and jobs and money and getting, you know, having content to discuss. Um, but yes, I, I don't think baseball should be all of a sudden celebrated now. And, and we forget that quickly of what they dragged us through for no reason for several months. Exactly. And then the other thing so I see they're playing a full 162 games. Which means they're going to make up games by uh, with uh, double headers mm-hmm. and previously scheduled off days. Those aren't uh, double headers are never real games. They don't like you're not getting the Mets star players both games, right? Right. So one of the games is always a crap game. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Right. So all now, the backups in the second yes, game. Yes, all the yeah. backups, or they're split them somewhere. So we're not even getting the. They're, they want to do the 162 games just so they get paid for it, for it, I guess. But they're giving us a poor product. At least this time, it's nine-inning doubleheaders in the last two years due to the pandemic. And then last year, there was no reason for it. But they would throw out the seven-inning. Yeah, I like that. Uh, it does make it move quick. I can't stand that. I want to watch a baseball game. I felt like it was cheapened. So I like that we're getting at least full baseball games in that but you're right that's the and now they said twice that games were canceled they yes. they lied they weren't the first time we fell for it and then they said well no no today's the a week later no today's the deadline to get a full 162 and then again they didn't get it done and baseball comes out and says we canceled more games the first two for uh four series of the year have been canceled the next day it's we're playing a full 162 i'm happy to announce what 
I don't understand that. And you're right. It's all about the money. You can't promise me canceled games and then then have those <laughs> games again. Why is baseball so long? Why? Um, what sense does that make, really? Like, if baseball was invented today, there is no chance they would play 162 games. What is your sweet spot? I heard you and Jerry discussing this a little bit yesterday. Jerry loves the 162 well, games. Well, so do I, because we both like baseball. I mean, I like having a... Part of the appeal to me for baseball is that it's going to be there for you for six months. That is your companion for that extended period of time. And do does every game mean something? No, and especially, you know, the Mets are out of it the last few months of the season. So, it's you know, nobody cares. It's long, monotonous, you know, oh, playing the Marlins and, you know, a three-and-a-half-hour game. So, I understand that. But when the teams are good, and we hope that that's the case with both the Mets and Yanks this year, I don't mind the, the long season. That's just the way the sport is. What would you want, and 40? I mean, how many get 120? No, I mean, if you cut it, like, Jerry's always like, you know, they play 162 games. Jerry's like 154. Well, what difference? That's Doesn't nothing. make a difference. In the bucket. Like, I would cut it right in half. Yeah, see, that's too many. Two games. So you like the 60. 81 games. All right, you like the 60-game pandemic season? Loved it. Yeah, that was horrible. That was awesome. <laughs> I think we just have a, um, a differential in our like for sports or at least our need for sports. Like you without baseball, you'd be like, oh, this I'm is fine. Hey, I can watch Netflix yeah. or, all right, you Discovery watch whatever. Plus. For me, I, I mean, look. Sal, it, he's still watching Netflix and Discovery. Uh, it's a good point. Uh, but you, look, Al, if you and I were doing a show every day, we'd talk about 90 Day Fiance yeah. or, or, or you know, Married at First Sight potentially, which I'm not opposed to doing. But I can't do that for five hours on the overnight, so I need to watch baseball. But that's my point about baseball. I feel like people think they like baseball when they really don't like. We think we're supposed to like baseball. <laughs> what? Because pe- people are always looking to shorten the game, right? Shorten the season, speed. Like everybody. I don't think people like baseball as much as they think they like baseball. Right. Or as much as we think they like baseball. Right. No, It's I, a weird sport. Like football, right. we love football. We can't wait for Sunday, right? right. Or Monday or third, mm. whatever the games are on now. But baseball, it's like a, we pretend we like baseball. Because at one point, we loved baseball. And now we don't really anymore, but we pretend we do. Right. Like, would you be watching if you didn't work here? Two things. One... Due to the way that they've treated the fans, I would, I like, I took that personally. So I'd have a problem with it. Two, I don't think I would be watching as much. If you're saying, like, I had another job and was making enough money, didn't have to worry about anything. You're an accountant. Sports became, once again, it just became my hobby. Yeah. I would pay attention to it. I would watch it, but nowhere near the way that I do now. But football, you would. I don't even think I would do that because really? now I, I'm a nut with the football. Like, and I'm watching, you know, I have multiple screens up. I have the um, Sunday ticket. So I, I have the ability to watch all the out of town games. I need to, I even think now I probably should narrow it down and just focus on the Jets and Giants because by four o'clock on a Sunday, and think about this out every Sunday from September through, you know, at least the, the end of January. I am downstairs in the basement watching football from basically 1230 on till maybe 8 o'clock, maybe 11 o'clock at night. Sometimes if I want to watch Sunday night game, those are there's only 52 weeks in a year. So to do that for almost half the weeks on the weekend where I'm married with a kid, like <laughs> I sometimes I think to myself, what am I doing? I'm gambling away money. I'm eating bad food all day long. I'm sitting there being worthless to the world watching football. 
I could be out pumpkin picking or doing whatever it is that people do on Sundays that have no care about sports. So if I weren't doing it, I've done it for so long. At 42 years of age, and that was my life for so long, I do think I would probably do it a lot less if I weren't doing it for work. Are, are, is your family allowed down in the basement? Yeah. I mean, what am I Sunday? supposed to say? Yeah. Now, here's the issue that you have. I'm down. It's, it's always the worst. Not that there's ever a good time, but it's always the worst timing. Like, I'm waiting for this bet to cash or this final, this final two minutes uh, of the game, and it could go either way, and there's money on the line, and whatever, rooting interest on the line, and my wife will come downstairs with the baby in hand and, like, okay, I need you to take over for a few minutes. And just, like, there's no, like, oh, what's going on in the game? It's, like, I don't care that you're watching these screens or where the game is at. It's now time for you to take over and do what you got to do. So, yeah, I mean, they're allowed downstairs. Yeah, you don't have a I'm working. You don't can't do that. Oh, well, it gets to a point if if she's going on. I'm like, yeah, look, can we do it in five minutes? Like, I got to watch the end of this game. And then, of course, that leads to a whole other thing. And then I'm not watching the 4 o'clock games because I'm trying to get out of the doghouse and and get back into the good graces. But, yeah, I mean, no, it's not like leave me alone. She knows, for the most part, football Sunday. But is that any way to live? No. So you you love football. I do love football. Are you locked in every Sunday from 1 to 11? I red zone it. Okay. Uh, but then, yeah, by the 4 o'clock games. You're out. I mean, they're on, it's on in the background, but I got to be moving around. Something's got to happen. Right. I mean, you got to do something. Yeah, I got to do something. What about with the girlfriends? You, I mean, is she watching football with you, or you're not seeing each other on Sunday? Yeah, four she'll, she'll come over, and she has work to do for uh, her work. So some, she'll be on a laptop or something, and then I've got that going on. And then I take the dog out in between, you know, to break it yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, it's just... There, there, here's the bottom line. I can't believe I'm about to say this. Yeah. What are you doing to me, Al? You're turning me into a non-sports fan. There are other things to do with your time that might be more enjoyable or productive. And the sports fan of me is like, how could you say that, you idiot? But I've done it for so long that sometimes I get jealous or envious of the person who is not tied to the sports schedule. But I just, I just feel like we're always trying to improve baseball, which means we don't like it. We're never trying to improve football. Like, we're always looking for ways to shorten baseball, speed it up. We don't have that with football. So, I don't know. I just, this is, the baseball bothers me now because of what they did with this lockout. And now everyone's so happy to have baseball back. Like, tell them to get lost, at least for a little while. Don't, at least don't act all super happy about it. I know. Did you see the video of Evan and McMonagall? Uh, they, the Carton posted a video on digital of Evan and McMonagall jumping up and down, high-fiving, hugging each oh. other. <laughs> I saw a still photo of it. It looked very bizarre. It was worse in video form. But, yeah, oh. I mean, I... <laughs> Oh, look, I'm excited about having it back, but I, I do understand what you're saying. My thought was leading up to, you know, the, the lockout ending, when they do end the lockout inevitably, there will be an opening day whenever that is scheduled, how many games they play. Now we know it's, you know, April 7th, 162, but I would wish that universally across the country in, in baseball that fans don't show up on opening day and send their message. Yes. Now it would never happen, but that would be, I'm not, you know, saying you got to do it for a week or don't show up for the whole year. Just opening day. That's it. One day, the most important day, opening day, when they're back, baseball's back, they're going to unveil the, the teams and have everybody out to the ballpark and make big deal of everything. Nobody in the ballpark. The fans saying, if you do this again, you might lose this for good. That it'll never happen because you get people like Evan that's going to be lined up, you know, three hours before the game looking to get in. Oh. 
Is that Evan? Yes. <laughs> that was Evan? Yep. Anyway, wouldn't that be great? Universally, yes. fans strike for a game opening day. But normally we do the opposite. We go opening day and then everyone stays yeah, exactly. home after that. <laughs> <laughs> right? Good point. 50,000 on opening day, 10 or 5 the next night on that Tuesday or whatever. I don't even know why they have that many seats in these baseball stadiums. Right? What? They never get filled up never. outside of the rare, the rare in-season games and most postseason games, especially in the Northeast, the postseason. Yeah. But even Atlanta, they used to have trouble selling out playoff games, and I'm sure that's the case across the country as well. I'm a baseball expert, and if you have any questions about the game, I'll be ready to answer them. <laughs> that's true. All right, let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll do a little more baseball. I've got a little uh, ba- a little nets here. i got a couple NFL notes. And then Sal and Gio at the top of the hour. Take it away, Eddie. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. There and welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al. I'm working with Sal this morning. Sal Licata, you know him uh, from WFAN many years here. Uh, Jerry's in Indiana for the Big Ten tournament. CeeLo's in Disney World. And uh, you'll be working with Gio at 6 o'clock. Yes, and Peter Schwartz will do the uh, updates, Schwartz. right? Yeah. Boy, Gio really beat up Peter Schwartz yesterday. I, Gio loved – I told him, we were texting a little bit last night, I said, take it easy on me tomorrow, will you? Because I know he likes to lead me down a path where I, I'm going to say something that might get me in trouble or pick on people. Yeah. And then he was referencing what happened yesterday, I guess, with Peter and uh, Daniel McCartan there. So, Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was beating people up. Now, I, I as soon as uh, you had tweeted yesterday you were doing the warm-up show and that you were doing uh, hosting with Gio – I, of course, got a lot of people said, can you please have Sal unblock me from Twitter? Oh, God. I, I appreciate that they ask. Yeah. And I would do it if they ask. Like, I'm not that big of a, no, you never. I just, they obviously said something stupid to get blocked, right? So, right. or something that bothered me. In their mind, it might not be stupid. But in my mind, I, find, I told you I don't tolerate disrespect. That's true. And so I don't want to, I just don't want to deal with it. You decide to block them instead of mute them? Yeah, because some people say, I'll just mute them and move on. They don't know. Yeah. I want them to know. You do. Yeah, and I don't want to give them my free content. And but, like I said, I would lift it if I knew who they were specifically. I don't really care. But anymore. don't you think that they feel like they they beat you if you block them, and they're therefore they feel like they've got to win? Like some people get very proud when uh, right. someone blocks them. Maybe. I mean, I, I but feel you don't like care. no, I don't really care. Um, if it here's the way that I would explain it is, I can't go back the way that I want to. So in my mind, if I'm scrolling through tweets and I see people saying negative things about me, I have the responses that I would really like to say or tweet out. However, I can't do that because I would get in trouble for that. So my only way to feel good about that situation is to block them and they are now no longer existent in my world. They don't get my tweets. They are are done. That's it. So And, and they know that they've done something that made me annoying. And as somebody who's been blocked by a couple of people, Joel Sherman, John Heyman, it's annoying. So good you know, good for them. That's what they get for sending me annoying tweets. You've been blocked by uh, people? Yeah, multiple. Why uh, is Joel Sherman blocking you? 
I said something to him a while. This is years ago about uh, he, I, know, I called him out on something. Generally, if I see something, I'll call him out. If I don't like it, I'll call them out on something, and he, I guess, didn't like it, and he blocked me. So be it. And Heyman, you know, I was having some fun, making fun of him a little bit, and he, and he was like, "Block." Yeah, he, whatever, it's fine. Um, but you know, you don't block people. You're a muter. I do mute now because I, I there were too many people proud of being blocked by people. Right. So you don't want to give them that satisfaction. Yeah. I don't want to give them the satisfaction. But they still get your content. Then. They do my quality content of me dressed as Batman. <laughs> Punching people in the hallway. Yeah, that's I give that yeah. away. What was the last one? You can't trick. Uh, you can't trick justice. Yeah, you can't trick justice in the cards <laughs> on the back of the cape. Yeah, I had to beat up uh, the the magician. Who was the magician? I didn't recognize. Shlomo, him. the magician. Oh, okay. You didn't recognize because he wasn't wearing a magician cape or hat. Like, oh. what's he? He's dressed as a regular guy. Yeah, I, I thought, thought of somebody running the board or something. Right. Yeah. Shlomo, uh, and a, a while back. You had said uh, you don't want this smoke <laughs> to Brandon Tierney. You guys were having a sports argument, I believe. I don't remember what it was about. It wasn't an time. argument because there was one side. He never responded because he it didn't was sports want sports related. Yeah, he said something about it. that's one of those situations like with Joel Sherman, whatever I saw at the time and I called him out. Well, I happened to see something at the time where BT was was praising Dan Quinn, and he was he said he was great in Atlanta. Oh, now, that was it. Yeah. yeah, it was probably for him a throwaway line for an irate Falcons fan like myself who still yeah. hates Dan Quinn. It was not a throwaway line, so I called him out on it, and that was it. But you did say you don't want this smoke because he you never wanted a, you wanted a sports argument back. He he didn't acknowledge right. He didn't acknowledge me. He didn't acknowledge the tweet and just moved on. So I thought that that was kind of a, a soft move. Acknowledge that what you said was wrong. And it's me tweeting it. It's not like I'm just some, you know, random listener or, or fan. I mean, I've, I've worked with BT at, at SNY. You know, obviously I work with them now. I've seen them. You didn't even acknowledge. So, all right, you want to play that game and be like, you're too cool. You're above responding to me. And then maybe I go at you a little bit harder. And in that particular case, then I was just saying that he doesn't want to respond because he knows he's wrong. and he doesn't want this smoke. Right. That's <laughs> We like that. You don't want this smoke. Man, so, um, uh, uh, baseball, we're getting the DH. Is that a done deal? Done deal. So, all starting this year, whenever they start these games, April 7th, yeah? Yeah. We've got DH. Yeah, and another thing that you might like, I know that I like, is there. there's no more um, unbalanced schedule where they have, or I forget if it's balanced or unbalanced, whatever, but the schedule is changing where it's not Mets versus Nationals, Mets versus Marlins, Yankees versus Red Sox, Yankees versus Orioles 19 times a year, each team will now have at least one series with every other team. So the Yankees will play the Cubs, for example, every single year. It may not be in both places, but every single year, every team will play each other at least one series. Is that right? Now, I personally like that. So the Yankees will play every National League team this year? Correct. At least one. I didn't see that. Now, that's better than, isn't it better than the yeah, Mets, like Marlins yes. for... Who the hell? I don't care about even the Yankees, Red Sox. Let's say they're both at their peak, as great as those games could be. Nineteen times versus the same team. Nobody wants to see that that many times. So I love that part of the schedule where it freshens it up. And I think a big part of it is because of the universal DH. So there's not that divide anymore between American League and National League. And then uh, teams can start signing guys today. Uh, yeah, yesterday, seven o'clock. Yesterday, I yeah. did anything happen? Not that I saw. Nothing. Yeah. Are we waiting for anything big from the Mets or Yankees? Yankees, yes, absolutely. What? I would not be stunned if the Yankees make a move or two, like like today during this program during uh, mm, you and Geo. Depends what time they get up, but uh, yeah. Brian Cashman sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? 
That's great. But yes, I, I expect, I don't know if the Mets are going to make big moves. I think fans expect that, but they've already made their big moves prior. The Yankees, I, they, they will make. Big what moves. big moves are the Yankees making? What well, position? I mean, first base for sure. Freddie Freeman is the name that oh, comes right, up. Freeman. Yeah. Um, you know, they need a shortstop, but I don't think that's going to necessarily be a big move. They'll probably make one big move and then maybe several lesser uh, big moves, lesser moves, and fill in the roster that way. They, you know, they need a shortstop. That would be more of a stopgap type thing. But I think first base will be the, the big move. That's, at least that's what it feels like. Other than Freddie Freeman, who's the big name available? Matt Olson, the guy from the A's, the Yankees, not free agent, he, but the Yankees were in talks to potentially acquire him via trade from the A's. Uh, that would have been the other guy. You know, it's what's weird out. It's been like two months. I got to get refreshed on a lot of this stuff. Oh, it's like you know, you you watch Ozark or whatever show you're watching. If it doesn't come back for two years, oh. you forget what happened. You need Too to get confusing. A, yeah, so it's been since December that we were actually talking about moves and specifics and rosters. Yeah, it's kind of, I forgot outside of certain, you know, like Freeman's an obvious one or Carlos Correa at shortstop were one uh, that the Yankees were looking at. Outside of that, I, I forget some of the other names that were out there potentially, but those would be the biggest two for first base, Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson. Eddie is telling me we need to take a break. Amy Lawrence has a sports minute. She says that the Philly buzz was over very quickly. Before we get started, I just want to say on behalf of every single Met fan out there, this is the Rico Bronya Podcast. On behalf of all of the people that were at Chase Stadium on that October night, on behalf of every Met fan that's watched this man pitch, let me just tell Adam Wainwright, can you go f*** yourself? <laughs> wow. Wow, you weren't kidding. You were. You came in hot. Subscribe and listen to the Rico Bronya Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. Got another minute or so before uh, Gio and Sal, but I have Sal here for the warm-up program. Now, the Nets did blow out the Sixers last night, 129-100. I saw Ben Simmons wore a very pricey sweater. Yeah, an ugly one at that. Yeah, it was ugly. It was a Louis Vuitton sweater. Yeah, it looks stupid. They said, they go, oh, it's very expensive. That's what was the headline I read. I was like, oh, let me see what this It was like $1,300, which... For Ben Simmons, probably right. a very reasonably priced sweater. Right. Yeah, I guess it was just. Eh, come on, you could. I hate that he's looking for attention. Knows everybody's going to be looking at him. So then he's dressing up in uh, you know some I guess fashionable way. I, very fashionable. Yeah, I didn't like it. I don't buy any clothing that I have to dry clean, <laughs> or uh, like a cashmere. Like that looked like a cashmere sweater. Right. Where you have to treat it differently. Then I never wear it because every time I see something in my closet like that, I'm like. If I wear that, I have to dry clean it. And you could wear it over, though. You don't have to uh, wear it. You know. I guess. No, you wouldn't wear that more than once? No, I would. Like, even the sweatshirt you have on a hoodie today? Yeah. Uh, you have a shirt on under that, a T-shirt? I do. Yes. Right. So I would wear that hoodie at least twice. Before washing it. Yeah, because it's not touching your armpits. Right. It's good, right. And I'm not working out in you it. You're not working out It's different it. if you go to the gym. You're right, because you can't be washing everything every single time you wear it. That's annoying. Especially sweatshirts. They're very right. bulky. They take up most of your uh, washing machine. Right. And then to hang. Like, I like hang drying stuff. Hang I don't dry know about them. you. You can't put them in the. I'll dry them. You put stuff in the dryer, you you ruin it. I don't know. Yeah, they sh- it shrinks. It shrinks? Yes. 
Especially yeah. if you're, you're in, you know, fit condition. Well, I if you're, I, like, I like having stuff a little bit loose, you know, yeah. around the belly area. Yes. I don't want it short coming up. You know, every time I bend down, you don't want to see the, you know, the Eddie Erickson. WFAN and WFAN-FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station.